Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is Episode 7 in the series, and the uh, title for today's session is Career Strategies. As you may know, if you've listened to previous episodes in this series, the series is all about learning habits to optimize your life and to stay sane in this crazy world. The uh, episode that we had uh, at the uh, number six was on career planning. This was the overall approach for um, identifying ways of optimizing the approach that you take for planning your career. What I'd like to do for today's session is really a, a, a an additional set of ideas that can help you strategize a little better either within your own career or uh, also thinking of alternate careers, ways in which you might want to change your career. And this is again relevant to uh, all three sort of stages or periods of one's life that I spoke about last time as well. Uh, it's relevant to um, people that are in school still, that are still deciding you know, what they uh, want to work on. It's also relevant to people just starting a career, how to uh, approach uh, optimizing the early stages of a career. And uh, it's also relevant for the, uh, people that are in uh, well entrenched in their careers and thinking of how to enhance their current job or how to look for new uh, career opportunities that may satisfy their interests and objectives um, better than their current one does. And so the ideas that I've put together that I'd like to describe to you are some ideas that I've collected over the years and from a variety of sources. And there are a total of 10 ideas or strategies that um, I have uh, gleaned as being uh, particularly uh, relevant to think about and that a lot of people don't think about. Uh, people think about a, a standard set of of careers, uh, the, the approach they want to take to them, uh, and in my experience they don't think about some of these ideas as much. So the, the first one is about choosing a path less traveled. Uh, I had a, uh, a saying on my desk for years uh, that talked about uh, not going where the path may lead but instead creating a new path and uh, uh, carving a new path for others. A lot of the time when you're looking at you know careers and the ways in which you want to move forward, uh, as I said a minute ago, you uh, typically will think of all the standard ways of uh, approaching a career uh, and all the typical ways in which you would approach doing that, uh, that career, that particular set of jobs. And if you think about it from the point of view of being uh, taking an approach that um, is not the one that everybody else is taking, uh, when you think of a lot of the uh, ideas about how um, uh, various people approach various things, it's often not a good idea to do what everybody else is doing. If everybody else is just flocking to a particular uh, career, you think that's the hot thing to get into. You had a huge amount of competition for that role, 
every time you go for for job interviews in that area or if you're transferring inside a company everybody's going to want to move to that particular uh, job and so uh, like I said you're going to have uh, a lot of competition in that space and while it may well be interesting and it's good that you that, that you would be in something that is it is hot uh, and that is still appropriate as, as a factor to consider but I'd suggest that one of the other uh, ways to think about this is to think of the past path less traveled. Think of a new idea on on the particular role. What is it that uh, you could bring to it that would be um, uh, a fresh new approach as well? So here here's some ideas, in fact, that that are further amplify that uh, first strategy of choosing a path path less traveled. You know, the second one is. If you're uh, a male, uh, consider uh, roles that may typically be uh, female in nature or that women are more likely to um, adopt and, and vice versa as well um, for uh, women in, in male-dominated uh, ro uh, roles. Here again, you're, you have the added advantage of having a unique uh, perspective. You're, you've differentiated yourself from uh, the pack, so to speak, um, and you likely also uh, are going to be bringing a unique perspective that your gender uh, provides to that um, typically uh, opposite gender kind of uh, career. Uh, so that's another one that, uh, even from the point of view of, of what kinds of hobbies people get into, uh, thought about uh, kids, um, going in everybody going into the same sport let's say and they may not be you know great at that sport but uh, they might be really good uh, in a sport that uh, or a particular activity uh, that is not typical for them uh, and even just the novelty of having um, you know a uh, uh, somebody that's in a role that isn't typical uh, that tends to draw you know attention to uh, that particular person and and as a result there's not as much competition for them uh, and I'm thinking of uh, instances like uh, uh, you know certain plays or certain you know an acting kind of uh, situation particularly for um, younger kids or if you're you know thinking of um, having for for example there's often the case I was just going I went to a performance a few days ago that uh, had a number of people in it um, and various roles, uh, boys and girl roles. It was uh, it was set in a high school. Um, I mean, the, the the play itself was the musical was, um, but uh, a number of the roles were the boy roles were played by girls uh, because they didn't have enough boys. Well, you know, if you're uh, a boy that's wanting to uh, go into that uh, that profession, for example, or that particular uh, role, uh, certainly in that play, you would have uh, been able to get in really easily and and end uh, end up being a star, the star of the show, because it was very hard for uh, for the the girls to actually play some of the um, uh, the male you know roles. Uh, so the same thing with with a lot of other um, you know hobbies as well, where uh, if you're not taking the typical, you know, boys playing hockey or girls doing ballet. Uh, if you do the the non-typical, uh, there's a, a greater likelihood of you being um, unique and being able to uh, uh, excel uh, even more effectively. And this this assumes as well that um, a lot of progress in uh, in life, in various aspects of life, but also including career, is uh, how well you are 
differentiated from others and how much more effective you can be at a particular role uh, than others can be as well and therefore feel you know greater sense of accomplishment in it as well you know being the uh, being with a pack of another hundred people that do the same thing and you don't necessarily have anything unique to offer into that overall pack uh, makes things you know more of a challenge within uh, within companies within a number of different endeavors in in life the, the third uh, idea here is to look for new opportunities so if for example um, you're in a, a company currently um, and you're looking for you know promotion uh, opportunities and the like uh, I find that a number of people get very uh, sort of uh, stayed in their in their thinking about what would be the next opportunity for them and they'll often look at uh, well the existing company and the kind of roles that exist uh, in it and uh, there are often uh, really good ideas to go off and for example um, look at um, companies are often doing acquisitions these days and certainly in the uh, IT industry that's uh, happening a lot and a lot of those companies coming in uh, have uh, fresh new uh, approaches to doing things and uh, typically those acquisitions also need uh, from the home company that they're actually joining um, have an opportunity for uh, unique roles in there as well and so the opportunity for greater advancement uh, in your role even doing what you do today may be uh, greater if you were to not go through and be in the um, core part of the company but uh, uh, look to some of these new exciting um, acquisitions or other new initiatives that are going on in the company as well idea number four is try to predict the trends uh, a lot of people sort of and I find this a lot in in uh, people choosing university uh, courses and specializations will often look at you know what is currently in demand uh, in uh, uh, within industry uh, today and uh, but they're going to be coming out in you know four years five years six years uh, from depending on what they go to take and uh, you don't know what the situation is going to be then in terms of whether the, that particular area is of interest and is um, uh, is hot so to speak so you have to do a little bit of trying to predict the trends and this is this notion of well where do things you know where are things really going you know in uh, um, is it the case that uh, again thinking of the IT industry in terms of where things are going um, is it really the case that uh, you should go and uh, continue to enhance or go down a career of, of uh, being a, a programmer uh, that may be writing in, I don't know, C++ or Java, uh, or should you really be looking at sort of these new directions that are going on in terms of um, the Web 2.0 work and looking at um, uh, some of the lighter weight uh, uh, skills of de designing content and um, interfaces for uh, a Web 2 kind of environment, which doesn't involve uh, coding typically in uh, sort of the traditional uh, languages, but does involve uh, being a designer, for example, and uh, being a content creator, uh, as well as uh, programming in different kinds of languages like, uh, like JavaScript. Uh, 
And so again, it's the notion of if if um, if there's a trend that's going in a particular direction, uh, don't look at whatever field you're in today as being the um, a static uh, sort of organization and uh, you know, areas and, and jobs that are that are hot today will not necessarily be hot in the future. We try to predict sort of what some of those uh, trends, you know, may be and uh, try to focus yourself on that future uh, direction as well. And idea number five is kind of similar to the overall approach that I've been suggesting in this, and that is uh, try to be the first in a new field. Again, this notion of uh, uh, not just staying with the, the current sort of hot, uh, hot to topics. Uh, one of the benefits of being one of the first in a in a new field uh, is that you can help define it, uh, and you can often not even have to be the absolute greatest uh, in in that field. So you're not competing with a huge number of other people that are in it, but it's more a matter of uh, defining a new a new role and uh, and really running you know with that. And that may be kind of scary in certain uh, areas, but uh, the current uh, trend is uh, for, and, and that's certainly the case if you look at what's happening on the web, uh, is for a, uh, a lot of opportunity for individuals to do uh, pretty dramatically new things uh, and be noticed and, and actually have a, um, a contribution to make. And what I'm really talking about here is that it used to be the case that if, for example, um, you're going to be a writer, you know, and you really wanted to... Um, be uh, uh, you know a major force in in uh, uh, journalism. Let's say um, in the past you would have to go and uh, apply to all the major uh, media houses and uh, try to get a job, and you start off really you know low level there, and um, uh, you try to make your, your your mark by by working your way up. Uh, with the current uh, sort of trend toward um, things like blogs, the whole blogosphere, um, you really can be noticed for having amazing skill at writing and journalism by simply writing your own blog and being smart about uh, getting some attention to that blog as well. There are numerous instances of people who have really uh, chased their passion for uh, particular uh, areas of of expertise and just done it uh, and then as a result being noticed and hired and and or, or just simply made money you know at this this work as well so you know the other examples are are you know the uh, there's a photographer that had another career but just put a lot of his pictures on uh, on Flickr and was noticed uh, by Microsoft when they were looking for uh, some new um, wallpaper artwork uh, for Vista was going to come out and they liked what this guy did and they uh, they actually hired him to do essentially all the artwork and all the photography that you see in Vista all comes from this uh, one guy. It's also the case that a number of people in, uh, in, in particularly the case with uh, photography is, is sort of the most recent um, significant burgeoning um, area that uh, that people are being sort of empowered to do uh, with um, new sites uh, like well like Flickr and also um, sites like iStockPhoto.com, uh, which is where people can essentially put their uh, photography or other other uh, artwork or design work and have others um, purchase it. And uh, there are a number of people uh, that uh, started uh, doing that as a hobby and then uh, found that they really were effective because, you know, 
you can know immediately if you're effective or the work that you're doing uh, is hitting the mark uh, by seeing how many people actually go to purchase your uh, your product uh, and turns of the barrier to entry for any of these things that used to be the case that you know, you know you'd have to join big uh, companies to go do this work well that isn't the case anymore you can go put your stuff directly on the web and uh, be uh, noticed and and either make money directly uh, with the work that you're doing there or uh, at least get noticed and then be um, hired by another company to do that kind of work so you can truly uh, be a um, an entrepreneur uh, with a very very low barrier to, barrier to entry uh, in these new areas and, and and whatever it is that you have that you have a strong passion for and you have a real aptitude for and are really good at Whatever that might be, I mean, I've just talked about journalism or writing and, and photography, but it may be anything. Uh, you could actually go and um, identify whether there's a uh, market for your kind of uh, expertise or whatever it is that you uh, work on and uh, make that uh, essentially available, like I say, with a very uh, low barrier to entry and uh, actually get a following and actually uh, potentially start a, a career in that field. And you can do that um, as a beginning person, uh, you know, right, straight out of school. You can also do this as a sideline uh, in, in an interest area. Like I said, photography was a really good example of, um, of that in uh, uh, on the web right now uh, where people had their regular day job and they also had a real passion for something else like photography and are now finding that you know uh, to, the, to the point where their photography makes them so much money that they don't need to have their core job anymore so it's a really good way to branch out now that again is the right now photography is really hot uh, in doing that kind of thing because the web tends to is tending to uh, provide a lot of focus on that you know uh, uh, movies and, and online movies are also uh, significantly interesting um, and really building up but you can see that, that there's a trend there well take that trend into the future and if you have something that really is uh, relevant there and not not necessarily the current uh, focus on for example photography um, that really is the the suggestion here Idea number six is combining disciplines. This is another area where if you, uh, especially if you're just starting a career, you're still in, in, in university uh, or even, you know, uh, earlier than that, people often think uh, at that stage, you know, that they want to be fill in the blank, right, uh, of a particular role. And while there are certain uh, jobs that really do work that way, you know, the typical jobs of, you know, medicine and, and uh, you know, dentistry or, or law. You know, there, there's some standard kind of roles there, and you can specialize within them and all. But, uh, and there are even uh, instances and exceptions uh, here as well that I think uh, um, are, are along the lines of what I'm suggesting here. That is, if you, if you really combine a number of these different roles, if, for example, you're into design um, and you also are, uh, you major in uh, writing and, and, and journalism, let's say, that's a great combination. You're, you're, if you do those together, you're going to be differentiating yourself from anybody that is just a straight uh, artist or designer. Uh, and if in, in uh, markets where you're going for those kinds of roles, because you have that additional value add of, of also being, you know, a, a good uh, writer. And also, if you are, um, if you were to just be going into, let's say, a journalism uh, program, but if you have uh, the amazing art uh, uh, 
and design skill, uh, you'd be that much more effective because you're combining, you know, disciplines. Uh, when I talked about earlier about the notion of the um, uh, that the traditional uh, disciplines uh, like um, medicine and and the like that. Uh, uh, tend to be more more focused, and you could choose that that profession, and then have a single path through it, and that it didn't involve a, a com combination of disciplines. Uh, there are exceptions there too of of significant sorts of uh, career paths. There's a guy that uh, I went to school with years ago, who uh, who started off life going into uh, an art college uh, and really majored on art and design. And then uh, went off and uh, did some uh, um, work in in medicine. <laughs> and then, uh, interestingly, now he's now a plastic surgeon, which is <laughs> kind of a really neat combination of those uh, skills. So there again, it's it's he's he's not only got the strength in medicine, he not only got the strength in in art and design. He really combined them in a unique way that could make him and and, and it has made him uh, a unique uh, kind of. Uh, individual in um, that combination of disciplines. So think think as you think of your strengths and the areas that you have an interest in. You don't necessarily have to. A lot of people find that they they try to choose, you know, which of these various uh, areas that they have an interest in they should really uh, pursue. I think what I'm saying here is that you don't necessarily have to choose. You could actually make one your major, the other one a minor. And, and again, if you're at various uh, stages of your career, you can also add these other you know, ones as well, where you, where you haven't necessarily uh, focused on multiple disciplines before. Before, add some of these characteristics as well. I I find that people that are the most effective in a number of different roles, when I look back and try to understand uh, their history, and have been doing some um, some webcasts and podcasts with people recently in another series. Where you sort of dig into, you know, where did they start off life? What kind of education did they have? What kind of uh, work experiences that, uh, did they have? And the people that are really the most effective are often the people that are very, very diverse in the ways in which they've uh, approached um, their disciplines, and that it's often the case that they've combined different disciplines together uh, to provide a unique value add, and that they also really enjoy being able to combine the expertise that they have from a, no, a number of different areas together into what then becomes their uh, job. Uh, the other uh, one, this is a little different, uh, number seven, is also to um, understand, though, that many organizations and many companies have a core discipline. And that all the uh, this is a little bit of a, a counter example, uh, but it's it's one to keep in mind as well. That uh, you can do a lot of these unique things and the combination of disciplines and all the rest of it. You should always just be aware, though, that um, there is typically a core uh, discipline in a in a company, and that you shouldn't lose sight of that as well. So whereas uh, where you want to really carve out this unique uh, role for yourself and combining your disciplines, keep in mind that that core discipline may well be very, very important uh, as well. So you can often, uh, or you can have a tendency toward uh, getting into disciplines that are not as valued in the company because they're not core to the core uh, business of the uh, of the organization and uh, and find yourself sort of marginalized and, and that your role is never considered to be quite as important as some of the core 
roles. So what I'd suggest here is combine this with the other ideas I've already given you to, that when you're talking about combination of disciplines, don't lose sight of the fact that if you're already in a job that they're at a company that has a particular uh, core discipline, keep that in mind as you start to evolve your own career and your own uh, interests in the various uh, disciplines as well. And that's also the case for when you're uh, earlier in your career and you're still thinking of what areas to go into, uh, think of uh, ones that will also take into account uh, the kinds of companies you'd like to work in and what their core uh, disciplines are as well, because those core disciplines are often the ones that are essentially the um, uh, the criterion uh, for promotions, for example, are often dictated by that core a discipline and so ignoring that core discipline uh, could really lead to you know limitations in promotion and the like um, and so you want to be be aware of what that core discipline is and what its requirements are as well number eight is the importance of the network this is essentially the social network in uh, both starting off in terms of being at school and thinking of you know where you want to work eventually and what kinds of things you want to do it's important at that level to already reach out and identify people that are in the uh, disciplines and in the kinds of job roles that you may be interested in identify them contact them try to you know arrange things like job shadowing and that kind of uh, opportunity at least uh, you know just uh, offer to uh, take them out for uh, for for lunch or whatever and uh, get some insight into uh, how they do their work and and, and start basically um, a network of contacts with regard to you know that job or that set of disciplines if you're already in a career there again too the network is extremely important both to know how to adapt and the ways in which you should enhance what it is that you do how you can further improve what you do as well as just the reality that uh, when you're into an environment where you want to uh, be promoted, for example, uh, it's often the case that you need to also be aware of um, who uh, is uh, important in endorsing you, for example, and being able to speak about uh, your abilities. And so if you've been this uh, amazing employee, but uh, only your own individual manager, let's say, is ever aware of what it is that you've done and nobody else does when it comes time to certain uh, levels of promotions um, you'll be limited in being able to be promoted because lots of other people that are uh, essentially uh, important to those decisions uh, aren't aware of your uh, work which leads me to um, the number nine uh, suggestion that is uh, uh, essentially know all the hurdles and uh, and don't just guess so I just talked about that um, certain uh, promotions for example in careers require a number of gatekeepers a number of people that you need to satisfy that you're worthy of a particular promotion for example uh, it's really important to know you know uh, what's involved in getting that promotion find out uh, ask a lot of questions uh, don't just assume a lot of people assume that 
if you do good work, you'll be rewarded uh, for it, both in terms of money, in terms of promotions and all of that. And while most organizations are fundamentally set up with that as the assumption, I would like to suggest that you not only leave it at that, to ask more about what is really involved in this next level of promotion, let's say, that you would like to be considered for. Find out who's going to be making the decision. Find out if there's a form that needs to be filled out. If so, what's on that form? What are some of the most important fields on that form? What, what are the th some of the things that really are important in the decision-making uh, that will happen with regard to this promotion? And ideally, you'd know all this kind of stuff early on. Uh, you don't want to necessarily be looking at some of these things, especially higher level promotions uh, that typically do require things like, you know, uh, significant certain types of significant uh, job experiences or, you know, whether it's uh, having, you know, published uh, or, or having um, uh, done certain things like um, uh, had patents or whatever kinds of uh, uh, ideas and, and work that needs to be looked at you need to know early on when you have so that you have sufficient time to actually develop that level of history uh, and those examples of your good work uh, so that you when it comes time for you to be considered for that promotion that you do in fact have those things in place you don't want to find those out right at the time when you think that you want to be considered for that promotion. So know essentially what all those hurdles are. Uh, find out. Don't guess. Uh, ask around. Uh, that's really the, the, the best way. And don't just always assume that, you know, that your manager is going to do this for you. Right. Um, yeah, it's their role to help you with your career. Uh, but, you know, go set up uh, mentoring relationships, as I've said before in previous uh, webcasts. Um, you want to basically uh, link up with people that uh, will be able to give you some of the answers here as well. And also do lots of online uh, research as well about what kinds of um, characteristics of jobs, for example, that you may be uh, wanting to go for and the like. And also, you know, speaking of the on online uh, work is also when I talked earlier about, you know, trends in your particular area of expertise. There's an awful lot of stuff online that you can... Um, take advantage of uh, if you really spend the time to figure that out. Uh, go look at, for example, the typical thing too is that there's a lot of online advertising now, there's a lot of um, job sites uh, that you can go to. Read the job descriptions of the kinds of roles that you, uh, either if you're early on in your career and you're thinking of certain roles, read those. You know, read, read what they say that the requirements would be. What are some of the characteristics that, that employers are looking for? Um, it's essentially what you really be, need to be looking at. There's no excuse for not knowing uh, because there's just so much stuff online now. And even if you don't want to uh, rely entirely on that, and I suggest that you don't, you can also uh, network with key people in your organization or other organizations to find some of the answers to these questions as well. But number 10 uh, suggestion is to get going. Typically for these kinds of career strategies, People will sit back and not, you know, get on the offensive, not get on the, um, and 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 really try to move ahead on on their career. I think a number of people in my years of managing also sort of just expect this stuff to happen. That there's not a lot that they need to do. You got to take it personally. It's your 
role. Uh, yeah, others can help you with it, but there's nobody that cares more about where your career is going than you. Take it personally. Spend the time, even schedule the time for yourself each week, let's say, to think about this. Are you doing the right things to advance your career and to make you happy in the career that you have? Or are you also, if you're not happy in your current role, what can you do to enhance it? How can you evolve the role that you have, the kinds of ideas that I've talked about earlier, as well as, you know, if there are other jobs that you want to go uh, uh, consider, find out about them. But the, the, the net of this number 10 suggestion is don't just sit back and leave it for some future date that you'll uh, look for this or whatever. You really want to get out there and do it. Um, and I would suggest that you think through the list of the suggestions I've made here, as we typically do toward the end of a podcast, and suggest you do one of them. Think about your own career, where you're at now. Think about the kinds of strategies that I've described here, the sort of 10 uh, that we've gone through, and think about which one may be most relevant to you, and spend some work this week Grab some time that you're going to book for yourself to say, okay, let's think of, um, let's say, the network question. You know, uh, how can I improve the network of people that I'm working with to uh, advance my career? Uh, is there somebody that can be, let's say, a mentor? Is there uh, uh, a way for me to find out more about opportunities that I've been uh, considering? Uh, Really take this number 10 suggestion seriously of getting going on it and promise yourself that this week you'll actually schedule some time and uh, address one of those uh, questions. So that's it for this episode. I'd like to thank you for listening. And as always, suggest that you go to uh, lifehabits.podbean.com if you'd like to uh, provide some feedback on uh, this session or any of the other sessions, as well as any suggestions you might have. You can also send email to lifehabits at gmail.com as well. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.